Hello, Ed. Welcome back to the PASOP. Yes, it is the first PASOP before opening... Okay, no, that makes no sense. It's not <laughs> the first PASOP before opening day. We've had nope. several... It's the first PASOP since the last PASOP before opening day. That's true. We're going to stick with that. Yep. We're totally sticking with that because I don't feel like re-recording this. So welcome to the Pinstripe Alley podcast. Yes, it is opening day is, what, two days, one day. Well, it's two days since we record this, but we'll just say it's the 29th because the time it takes me to record this and edit this, it will probably either be going up on the 28th before opening day or on the 29th, right before the Yankees start playing. I'm your host. So all we know is opening day is happening sometime soon. Yes. Or already happened. Yes. We, we've missed it. Um, we assume it was a good season. Well, they probably yeah. lost opening day. Yeah, but then they won 161 straight games after that. Makes sense. It, it, yep. I confirm it. Uh-huh. I'm That's your... canon now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm your Pasopper, uh, your main Pasopper. No, I can't say main Pasopper because we're kind of equal Pasoppers here. We're co-Pasoppers. Yes. So I am your first Pasopper, Greg Kirkland, and with me is my co-Pasopper, Kunshaw. Hello. That's it? Hello? I mean, I don't know what to do after the first Pasop since the last Pasop. That's already a highlight. I can't top that. That's true. I was about to say, like, uh, have you got nothing else besides that, but we've Pretty much already covered everything. I'm also in mourning still, so... Ugh. Yeah, I guess we should lead off with that, shouldn't we? Yeah, let's just start low and then work our way up, I think, is the best way to go. Yeah, we'll start at uh, Greg Bird's horrible right foot and end with, did you see that John Carlos Stanton home run that went 434 feet in Atlanta? Good? That's That seems like the proper tra- uh, trajectory for the Pasap, I agree. Right. It's almost like his home run in the beginning. Like it starts off low, and then it goes really yes. high and far. It just goes and goes and goes. Why is Greg Bird right foot so bad? I don't know. I feel like I jinxed it because like, I just wrote an article about how Greg Bird will be fine, and then he died. So it's your so fault. I'm sorry. Yes, I know. I'm sorry. I'm telling Tyler, man. I already admitted to it. I have a plan. I'm only going to write about Aroldis Chapman from now on. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Although he, he actually is like an injury risk. I mean, he was out for, what, a month? Or two? He was out for more than a month. He was out for like, he split up his injuries. Like, he's out for one more month with one injury. That was during like the West Coast trip from hell last year. Oh, God. Let's not, I mean, we're starting real low this year. For... <laughs> <laughs> it's opening day, guys. Let's talk about the West Coast trip from last year that doomed the Yankees. That literally cost them first place in the AL East. And might have just killed Matt Holiday. Yeah. We don't, still don't know what he ate in Oakland, but it killed him. We really need to figure that out before they go back there. Yeah, avoid that. Yes. Whatever it was, let's we'll get we'll get him on the Pasop next time because I'm sure he's also a listener. Oh, Matt Holiday, big Pasopi. Big Pasopi. He's the biggest Pasopi. He's Pasopi number one. He's like shirtless Pasopi with. You know, I'm pretty sure I've also referenced every single every single person I've referenced is Pasopi number one. So, you know, y'all are all Pasopi number ones in my heart. Aw, that's so nice. Well, you're not. You're a Pasopper. That's true. I'm just saying, that's that's it, nice, though. It is. I'm a nice person, and I'm trying to make myself feel better because Greg Bird is hurt again, and I want to cry. Six to eight weeks. Six to eight weeks recovering from <sighs> it's this. It's not even six to nine, so we can at least make a nice joke. It's not nice, though. There's nothing nice about this. That's exactly what I'm saying. I know. It, so it should be six to eight because I don't want to even make that classic meme pun whatever. It's just so sad. It really is, and it's, it's like, like, go. It just, I just feel bad for the kid. I mean, can't catch a break. I, I feel like every time they release a commercial, he gets injured. So maybe it's Yankees on demand's fault. I don't know. I'm, I'm just spitballing here. But why? It's just, ugh. Rick Bird. On the bright side, this makes the Neil Walker signing that much more important and oh. better and gooder. Gooder is definitely the right word. 
yes, it's definitely uh, unbad or fantastic, and boy, boy is it useful. Because yeah. I look at it this way. Uh, last year's Greg Bird injury, we had Chris Carter as that backup. And I remember saying like to someone in one of the um, threads that, look, if we see Chris Carter a lot, that means something's gone terribly wrong. And something went terribly wrong, and Chris Carter was predictably – actually, he was probably worse than I thought he'd be. So Yeah. So at least this year they have more depth. Neil Walker – can play first base. He's, you know, uh, that game, I figured it was either Sunday's game or Monday's game, he made, like, three really nice picks at first, so he can play the position, and he's still Neil Walker at the plate, so there's nothing wrong there. So, and, God, they still only got him for, what, one year and five million? Not even five. I think it was four. Oh, something something incredibly cheap. A lot less than he should have gotten, yes. <laughs> And no one, again, no, no one yeah. else offered him a contract. How? Let's not get into that one All right, again. Yeah. But... but still, <laughs> hey, you know what? I'm glad because, boy, am I glad we have Neil Walker right now. Yeah, no, it's going to pay off well. And even, like, Tyler Austin at least had a good spring, too. And I don't dislike him. So I guess it's not going to be the worst thing to see him get a chance to see what he can do or what he can show. And if Neil Walker slides over to first and Tyler Wade can, you know, get some more playing time at second, basically one Tyler, there's two Tylers, two Tylers have a chance to show what they got. Sorry, Tyler, no, and your time's not up yet, but there are two Tylers that have their opportunity in front of them and hopefully they can just run with it. Cause that's what the Yankees need right now. Yeah. I mean, like I said, like, well, like you said, the best thing is that, both Tylers had a good spring. Not Tyler right. Norton. His spring was awful. But I don't, I, don't think he, I don't even think he got one hit, struck out 19 times. It was embarrassing. Be better, Tyler Norton. Seriously. Be better. Please. But, yeah, no, I mean, Wade can – this is probably – I would say more than Tyler Austin, this is definitely going to be Tyler Wade's chance to shine. Yeah, no, for sure, and – even if, you know, his future isn't with the Yankees, it's his time to, you know, prove himself that, you know, he's a major league player. So whether that be as um, if he just runs away and becomes like a superstar for the Yankees, awesome. If he p- proves that he's really good, but the Yankees future is still at second base is still like Glaber Torres, then, you know, you trade Tyler Wade for something. Or, you know, at the worst case scenario, he becomes a really good bench player for the Yankees. The, the he has options ahead of him. He just has to prove he can do it, and this is the time to do it. <laughs> hey, that rhymed. Do it and do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, but yeah, no. Uh, good luck to all of you, Tyler's. Especially, especially Tyler Norton. <laughs> he needs it. No, but what a what an invaluable signing Neil Walker is at this point, and. Like you said, the good thing is the Yankees – the best thing about this year and future years is the Yankees are going in with a lot of depth, like mm-hmm. more depth than most other teams have in terms of uh, prospects that are ready. I mean, hey, if they if they lost Brandon Drury, Miguel Andujar would probably be at third base right now. If uh, Glaber had a better spring, he might be at second right now, and they keep – Tyler Austin down and use Wade as utility and put Neil Walker at first base until Greg Bird's ready. And who knows, depending on injuries, that still might happen. So they have enough where they're going to be okay. They're good. Yeah, they're going to be fine. I think they'll be able to survive it. And, you know, it's also good this way that it was discovered now and hopefully they found the actual problem with Greg Bird unlike last year where they the doctors just just like oh there's nothing wrong with you and then like people were accusing him of not wanting to play and all that garbage by people you mean Randy Levine oh yeah Latrine yes. Randy Latrine was accusing him of not wanting to play and hopefully we can avoid all that nonsense and it is just what it is Although they did say they found like a coin-sized calcium deposit in his foot that they took out, which 
just doesn't sound good at all. No. How does that even happen? I don't know. And I'm wondering what size, which coin? Is it like a penny, a quarter? The silver dollar. The silver dollar? That coin in the Batcave? I was actually wondering, is it like Two-Face's coin, that giant thing? <laughs> That'd be pretty cool, although a bit concerning. Yeah, I'm going to lean a little more towards concerning than cool, but it would be a little bit cool. I can't deny that. Well, it would also be concerning why the doctors didn't spot that immediately. It's like, huh, uh, Greg, did you come here for a second? What is that? Um, you see that, you see that, that round thing in your foot? It shouldn't be there. <laughs> Hashtag analysis. Oh, yes. But yeah, so Greg Bird is injured, we're all sad, and that's really all I have to say. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm done with the Pesop, we're just going to cry now. Hey, this is still this is nowhere near as bad as uh, Mern's making us do a Pinstripe Valley podcast recording after the Hug of Eternal Feels with Mariano Rivera. Oh, yeah, I can only imagine. I was at that game, so... <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah, it was kind of fun to cry with, like, 60,000 other people right in, in the same place. Yeah, it's like uh, everyone just, you know, no no hiding those tears there. All right, all right let, let, let's, no, keep, not at let's all. keep moving up. I, I can't believe I brought that up on a podcast where we're trying to have the tra- trajectory yeah. go upward. Uh, well, I guess the one good th- – you know, I, I don't know if you're on Twitter a lot. I know I am. But one thing I'm, oh, I'm still upset about from last year – is the Yankees using the uh, hashtag Yankee Stady Yum to promote their food. And I actually think it's more clever of a pun than most people probably do. And I'm kind of upset I didn't think of it first. Oh, so you're not upset because you think it's bad. You're upset because you didn't think of it first. Yes. Oh, then that's fair. Because like, it's actually not that bad. No, I think it's Yankee Stady Yum. It, 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 it's kind of good. Yeah. More importantly than the hashtag, uh, did you see some of the new foods they put out? There's a giant tater tot on a stick with all the fixins, and I want it. Yeah, that looks amazing. What is it, like bacon, chives, uh, melted cheese and something like that? And sour cream, yeah, and it's just on a stick, and I just want it. Yeah. Give, me, give me the tot, tater tot on a stick, please, and thank you. I think it had an actual other name, but... Tater tot on the stick works. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm going to call it. Because really, tater tots are an underrated classic fry, you know. People potato? Think, yeah. I mean, because you think, you know, everyone has their favorite French fries. You know, mine are, of course, waffle fries. But it's just like tater tots are like a great side meal with like a burger or something. So this giant one is like, okay, you look good. No, yeah, I love tater tots. It's probably one of my top three favorite ways to prepare a potato. So I am very excited about trying this giant tater tot on a stick. And I'm going to keep saying tater tot on a stick until I have a tater tot on a stick. What are your, I need a tater tot on a stick. All right, more importantly, what are your other two favorite ways to prepare potatoes? Oh, no, I didn't think about it. I just knew that's top three. <laughs> Matt, I was... Don't put me on the spot like that. No, I'm, I'm totally putting on the spot. What is it, mashed, <laughs> baked, uh, fried... I love them all, man. Potatoes are just so good. They are good. They go great in so many things, like side with burgers or as in a potato chip or... I was just going to say, just having like a nice steak with a side of like roasted potatoes. Yeah, or like a nice Yum. nice big baked potato or oh, yeah. or a ha- or like um, breakfast hash, you know, chop up some potatoes or make some hash browns or something like that. Have you ever uh, have you ever eaten at this place? I think it's like pronounced Potatopia. Potatopia. No, I've never heard of that. I think I have heard of it. Yeah. So there's this franchise, and you could get like p- potatoes in like a hundred different combinations, and you could get like baked, ma- uh, mashed, t- tots, fries. I think like waffle fries, and then like different seasonings, and you could put toppings on it, like bacon, chicken, beef, chili. There's all these kinds of dressings. It's so good. Nice. That does sound... I actually had it like two weeks ago. Oh, oh, it, I need that again. 
fact, but I'm first, gonna go, I need to... I'm gonna go right now. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna leave the pasab. I'm gonna go get that. You you do this. Sounds good. No. Yeah. yeah. What was the other thing I was thinking with potatoes? Besides, oh, you could they just throw them in a stew? Oh yes, of course. Yeah, man. I'll go for some potatoes right now. Can we just make this to potato sop? Potato sop. Potato, potato alley pot. Instead. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Better than the pinstripe alley potato. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, that thing looks that thing looks delicious. And uh, I they like had some those... of the other new items though. Well, they had I I saw one that kind of want um except for that weird like the pickle on top looks out of place, but they had like the bacon cheeseburger dumpling that sounds pretty pretty darn good. That did look good, yeah. And obviously, yeah, get rid of the pickle because pickles are pure evil. Except for Sunny Gray, you're good. Yes, I'm not a big pickle person either. Which is, you know, we, the only time I've ever kind of liked a pickle is like if I'm at like a cat's deli or something like that, and I'll maybe have one pickle, and that's about it. But otherwise, yeah, not not a big pickle person. Yeah, the only time I can really remember enjoying a pickle is when I picked it up and threw it in the trash. <laughs> Speaking of potatoes, you know what I hate when they put like a you know like a, a slice of pickles like near the fries, and then the fries don't absorb do that. The, the, the the pickle, pickle flavor, and it's kind of disgusting. Oh, it makes me cry. It breaks my heart. I know. Why, why would so you? Why like, would you ruin fries like that? And so, like when I go out to get a burger or whatever, I make a point to say no, no pickle. And people look at me like, can't you just take the pickle out? I'm like, I could, but then the essence of pickle is everywhere, and my meal is just, like, pickled, and nobody wants that. No, it's it's rude, really. It's so rude. But, no, so besides that, they also have this, um, besides the dumpling burger, they also have this new steak and rotisserie chicken stand, which I'm very curious about because I think it's, like, near the bleachers, which, if you're sitting in the bleachers... How are you eating a, a big giant piece of like rotisserie chicken? Just or, how? Or a plate of steak and yeah, it was like a plate of uh, steak and fries. And yeah, I'm like, okay, where are you eating that? Like, I guess you, I guess you know, they have, you know, like the standing areas with like you know stuff you can just place the plate on. But come on, like, why are you eating? And why are you eating that at a game? I mean, <laughs> yeah, forget how. Why? Yeah. Why is this a thing? This should not be a thing. That looks like dinner. Like actual real dinner, not baseball stadium dinner, which is the one of the best kinds of dinner. I don't need, like, real dinner with that. And then it had some weird, like, gooey dipping sauce with it that, like, I think uh, Matt Provenzano was just like, oh, you mean the steak and chicken, uh, the chicken and steak dipped in slime? I was yeah. like, yeah. Yeah, that chicken looks like it was literally covered in slime. I'd yeah. still eat it, but, I mean, it's just, just a weird weird combination and uh, you know why would you eat that at a stadium like i often say like that's kind of been my thing about like sushi at a stadium it's like yeah i could get this and i've had like back when i interned um i was at yankee stadium and i i pretty much just tried everything and i did try the sushi because i had a place to go like sit and eat it and like the pressure bring it back to yeah bring it back to but i was like why if I'm if I'm here like regularly like why am I getting sushi? No, yeah, you you people don't like I don't know if it's people I don't know if it's the stadium. When you're at a game, your food should be very easy to eat. Yes. Let's not make let's not complicate things. You can have different things. You can try different things. You can have fun with your food, but it should be easy to eat. I feel like that's a very important staple that teams or places are starting to forget when they try and come up with these crazy concoctions because even these like they also introduced these new milkshakes that are just absurd they look so good i'm sure they do but i don't need cupcakes just inside my milkshake what 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 is the purpose of that okay maybe the problem with the cupcake is that the wrapping is still on it yeah, and what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to, like, take the cupcake out first and then, like, unwrap it and eat it? In which case, why is it in there to begin with? Did you want to give my milkshake some wrapping flavor? Or did you just think that having a dry wrapper was, like, too convenient? So let's just get it all milkshakey and wet and soggy, and that'll be more fun to eat it. Or do I finish the milkshake and then, like, put my hand into this cup that's like has, like, milkshake residue to 
pull out this cupcake and then still unwrap the wet, soggy wrapper and then eat this cupcake. What what am I doing here? How do I do this? I have to just say, that's like the most serious, like kind of upset I've seen you or heard you, not just on this podcast, but just in general with any topic. I have serious, I have strong feelings about this. I know. It's it's impressive almost. <laughs> like, what am I supposed to do? Somebody tell me. Can you please, somebody, at me on Twitter, at Tyler Deet Norton, at I'm not a HR hitter, at Mern's PSA, at Jason Double O Cohen, at everybody, at everybody. Explain to me how I'm supposed to eat this cupcake milkshake. You could just get the I'm everybody on Twitter today. <laughs> You could just get the churro one. That's the one that appealed. I think it was called the pinstripe, and that's the one that appeals to me because I love churros. And I do love churros. And a churro in a milkshake actually makes a lot more sense than a cupcake because the churro is like it'll. You could just take that out, and you can eat the churro, which is covered in delicious shake, and it should be really good. See. I will say this though, I have had, I have actually had a milkshake with a churro in it. It was from this, uh, place near my job called BurgerFi, and they had this like, I forgot exactly what it was, but essentially there was like a, like a cinnamon apple or something churro milkshake that they made, and it was really good, but I was disappointed by the churro because it was wet and soggy, and like, my churro should be nice and like crunchy, or not crunchy, like crispy. Crispy, yeah. Like, like a there's churro yeah. should not be crunchy. No, that's what I was like. That's the wrong word. But it shouldn't be like soft and like soggy. No, that's a fair point. And just putting, dipping it in the milkshake and just leaving it in there does that. So, so what of the which of those milkshakes would you get? I mean, I would try all of them because they do <laughs> look good. I just because like I, I'm, I'm not. I have strong feelings about that, but I'm not that full of myself to admit, like, you know, that I wouldn't try that. Even, especially the cupcake one, because that one sounded delicious. It's called The Celebration. It's vanilla with birthday cake frosting and funfetti vanilla cupcakes. And yes, I do love vanilla. It's so good. It is good. I'll admit that the chocolate one and the the s'more one looked good, too. They did all look good. I just, I, I don't fundamentally agree with if, crazy milkshakes. What if they put that giant tater tot in the milkshake? Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> well, at least at least that comes with like a little stick on the ha- like a handle that like you know at least that's not gonna be wet because the the tater tot will be wet, but I can pull it out with a stick and I'll be fine. The cupcakes aren't on the stick yet. Yet. Until they listen to the pasap and realize we need to throw a stick into our milkshake. If you want, honestly, if you want food on a stick, then you have to come here when the Minnesota State Fair comes around, because literally their whole motto is every food should be on a stick. Let's just stick it on a stick. Yes, my favorite, my favorite was actually, uh, I think Summit Beer had uh, beer on a stick, and basically what it was is they had a paddle. And they just put cup, like cups of beer in it. I'm like, all right, that's pretty good. <laughs> that's actually really funny. And what, what was funny was um, one of Maya's friends, or we were at one of Maya's friends' house, and they were saying how their, I think they made their proposal or something at a, like they had a humorous proposal and they did it at the Minnesota State Fair. And I just went proposal on a stick, or like, huh, a ring on a stick. And they looked at each other, was like, why the hell didn't we think of that? It's like, wow. Yeah, I was like, I, I hope that's exactly. I was thinking that in my head, like, I oh, did this? Tell me this ends with the ring on a stick, because that would be awesome. No, but they apparently were... you and I are the only geniuses in the world, or at least in Minnesota. Oh, ooh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Take that. Speaking speaking of uh, stupid, um, you saw that thing <laughs> about the the beer, right? <laughs> yes, that was that's actually pretty funny. So, I guess. The Yankees have this weird beer printing technology, which, first of all, I didn't know it was a thing that existed on this universe. Why did it need but, to exist either? <laughs> yeah, it, it's like um, we didn't we we were too focused on whether or not we could. We didn't stop to think if we should. I'm glad you're thinking exactly that. <laughs> 
and so they have this technology that they can print like images and logos onto the, into the foam of the beer. I guess it's like be- beer's version of like uh, Starbucks like foam art, which is a thing. And so during this like press event when they un- unveiled all the new food options and beer uh, choices. They had printed pictures of like Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton and Gary Sanchez in the beer. And then MLB decided to like yell at the Yankees about that. It, it is quote unquote, I guess, fair because they have a rule that um, no active players can be involved in the promotion or like marketing of alcohol. All right. Can I just say that right there seems stupid when you consider one, how many beer ads are in a stadium to begin with. Right. How many, you know, teams have official beer? And three, they have a team named the Milwaukee Brewers. Also four, Major League Baseball has an official beer. Yes. So you're you're just the teams. So you're telling me that you draw the line at having (laughs) players' faces on the beer foam. Also, as, like, Caitlin pointed out, are they saying that these those images actually resemble the players' like likenesses is a bit of a stretch. Yeah, I mean, like you could only really see John Carlo's eyes in one of them, or Judge's eyes, but like the bottom of his head it's was just foam. Was blurry and foam. Yeah, and so it's like like I said, I get I get why they had to quote unquote warn them because they do have this rule, but the rule itself is just absurd. It makes no sense. Again, it doesn't. It, it's like when they built Miller Park. Again, a stadium named after beer that their mascot, Bernie Brewer, would slide into this weird thing and then he'd wave a flag instead of the classic him sliding into a giant thing of beer, which made sense and was cool. And look, that didn't make me want to drink anymore. He just slid into beer because they're the Milwaukee Brewers. And you're saying that's apparently obscene? Yeah, because, you know, if I see that and that makes me want a beer, that's not okay. But when I walk every and every four seconds, there's another advertiser that says Budweiser because, you know, we just have to talk about that and just have that every single place. That making me want a beer, that's completely okay. Yes. Budweiser, the true choice of champions. Yes. Mm, Got to have that. Yes. That, that won't uh, cause any problems. I mean, come on! It's so stupid. No, it's okay, because MLB's making money from that, so that's fine. It's fine, I guess. They probably would make more money if they had a player selling beer. Right! Like, as stupid as the concept of beer foam art is, I would absolutely be one, like, a, like an idiot in line trying to wait and get, like, oh, I need my Giancarlo beer, now I need my Aaron Judge beer, now I need my Gary Sanchez beer. <laughs> I would be in line getting those, because I'm not a smart man. My stout D.D. Gregorius. Yes. They could have so much fun with it. Jacoby Pilsnerberry. All right, let's stop right there. Yeah. (laughs) This is so stupid. What if they put the giant tater tot in the beer? Oh, my God. (laughs) The stick, is the stick still there is the question? Yes, the stick is always there. it's fine. But speaking of beer, though, what is kind of cool is that the Yankees have teamed up with uh, Blue Point Brewery, and they're going to be offering an exclusive Yankee Stadium beer called the NY Pinstriped Pilsner, which is like a pale lager I think I was reading about. All right. So I'm, I am excited to try that once I get to the stadium this year. Nice. You can go well with that tater tot on a stick, which we keep Oh, I'm, I plan on having one in one hand and the other the other. It's perfect because it's on a stick. So I just have to hold the stick and I get to hold my beer and I'm good. Oh, yeah. I don't need some table with some rotisserie chicken and sliced steak and whatever. I'm, I got my stick. Sliced, got my tot on a stick. Sliced slime steak, as it were. Yes, the slime steak. Yeah, no, it, it looks pretty good. Speaking of ridiculous things, transitioning from food, but staying with the ridiculousness, did you hear about uh, John Sterling and his supposed idea for Giancarlo Stanton's, like, home run call? Oh, I did. Yeah, so I guess um, he 
he hasn't officially unveiled it yet, but he dropped a hint saying that it's going to be an Italian phrase that rhymes. Yeah, no good can come from this. And we're going to have to hear it like 69,000 times because that's how many home runs Giancarlo Stanton's going to hit. He's going to launch nice. all those monster dongs. Oh, yes. <laughs> the, the dongs will be plentiful and big and glorious. See, here's the thing. I was, again, I want to be on record here. I was totally okay with Giancarlo gets a Stanton ovation because, as I've always said with John Sterling, I do like his puns. Some are real bad, though. But... Anytime he doesn't sing or speak in another language, I consider that a victory. That is definitely a victory. And also when he just keeps it nice and simple. Like, Giancarlo gets a Stanton ovation. That was just simple, to the point, and just good. Yeah. Clint Frazier's like, downtown goes Frazier. I'm like, that's good. Burn, Classic burn, baby burn. That's good. Yeah. We we don't need the only one that was kind of okay like I don't, that I can remember off the top of my head that was a kind of okay with him singing was the Grandy Man can. It hurt at times, but yeah, I mean for the most part, it's still memorable. Right. But to your point, don't sing and don't go into another language. He's he's going into another language now, and I'm terrified. Honestly, Mark sends a text message. That was good. There's nothing wrong I, with that. I still really love the one we talked about like a couple weeks ago. Giancarlo drops the mic. Oh yeah, that's the best one. Never that's be still anything. the best suggestion I've I've heard. But Giancarlo gets a Stanton ovation is also still really good, and it's going to be replaced by something really bad. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I mean, well, I mean, like I guess it's better than it's a Stantonian home run or whatever that was. Because I hate when he does that a judgy and blast and yeah, that needs and, to stop. It's just come on, get get something better there. Sanchez Sanchezian is like, yeah. See, not everything has to have an Ian at the end, yeah, or an Owen. I'm, I still think he could do better than Gary is scary, but I thought he dropped that one. Did he? I forget. It's been a while. I just assumed that's still a, a Stanton, uh, Sanchez home run. I guess because it's been a while since we've heard one. I know. Uh, yes, indeed, he's always good, and then. Uh, I don't know, um, what's, oh yeah, the, Didi Gregorius makes Yankee fans euphorious. I kind of like that only because euphorious isn't actually, re like, a word. <laughs> yeah, I actually do, actually really love that, just because of how ridiculous it is. Oh yeah. What's great is whenever I type out euphorious as I see the classic squiggly lines i'm like right i keep forgetting sometimes it's not a thing it's not a word it's not a thing but that's kind of why i like it because i yeah. I, I also approve of just making up words to make your pun work right it's it shows true commitment when you just don't care about the any language and say there's all these languages in the world there's so many words they don't fit i'm just gonna make one up and it's gonna work you know, we're focusing on Stanton's home run call. We realize, like, uh, he's still the, he's gonna make one for Brandon Drury, um, Neil Walker, Tyler Wade. So, some of these are gonna be bad. Oh yeah, for sure. I think we're just focused on Stanton right now because he already warned us that and told us it's gonna be awful. <laughs> well, at least he's honest. Yeah. Like, at this point, I would have accepted Giancarlo hits one gone far low or whatever that was. Ugh, so far. <laughs> yeah. Okay, maybe not. I, maybe I wouldn't have accepted that. Never mind, I take that back. Sp speaking of, again, like we said, we're going to end this on a high, high note. You saw that home run he hit at uh, I, I, SunTrust. I was about to say, I almost forgot the Braves' new stadium name because I, I still can't believe they have a new stadium. But, yeah, which is absurd. Yes, but... That one he hit there was uh, it's pretty good. It was, and I did not stop watching it. I actually um, I edited my article to replace the home run. I had like his second home run in the article. I changed it and put in that one because it was just so good. Yeah. Well, since it's a podcast right before opening day or on opening day, we decided we were going to answer some fan questions, some Pasopper or Pasopi questions. So, huzzah. Oh, yeah. All right. 
So this is pretty much from Twitter. Uh, so at uh, Dave TRW asks, like, still concerned about the infield, specifically the corners. Are the Bombers going to be okay in terms of defensive play? Well, we now since that question was asked, uh, we now know Greg Bird will not be part of the equation. But wait, wait, wait. we're not bringing this up again. We we left this topic behind. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But I pers- I forgive you. But uh, I mean, I don't think there was really any problems with Tyler Austin's defense, and Neil Walker is pretty solid at the position. Yeah, I think they'll be fine, especially because he's specifically asking about the corners. Like Brandon Drury is good with the glove. Uh, Neil Walker or Tyler Austin, they'll be fine. Like you said, Neil Walker had a, a few good picks at first base the other day during his game, so he showed that he's not just a body there to catch. He's actually has the ability. So they'll be fine. And overall, the defense, you know, they should be good. Didi Gregorius is an amazing defender. Uh, obviously, Brett Gardner and Aaron Hicks in left and center are going to be great. Judge, we saw last year what he's capable of defensively. I haven't heard anything bad about uh, Stanton and his glove. So whenever he does play the field, whether it be in left or right, he should be fine. And obviously behind the plate, we have Gary Sanchez. And obviously he sucks, so start Austin Romine. Yes, obviously. Yes, that's the solution. So yeah, but no, yeah, no I mean, defensively they'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, no, I think. Uh, I mean, look, you you watch Ch- if you've watched Chase Headley, and you've probably cringed when he's thrown to first at times. I know I have. So I think Brandon Drury will be a, an improvement over that. Well, Lord, I hope so. Uh, yeah, but, I mean, and even if he's I not, I was a Chase Headley defender when it came to his defense. Like, I didn't think he was that bad. Like, obviously, you know, when he threw in that one year, especially when he had, like, 400 errors, it wasn't good. But I was still very impressed with, like, his actual, like, ability to stop balls, get to balls, react. It was just the throwing that was, that, you know, made you want to close your eyes. But he still wasn't that bad, in my opinion. But I definitely agree with you that they should be improved from that. Yeah, I think they should be okay. So, yeah, for in terms of the corners, I think they'll be fine. And, hey, honestly, if uh, they're not okay with uh, Drury, they have Andu- uh, Andujar waiting. And Well, I mean, his defense was a concern, too. But well, I think we'll be okay. Yeah, it's not going to be anything drastic at the very worst. It'll, at the very worst, it should be average. Yeah, pretty much. Which is okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm fine with that. Just, you know, score all the runs. Yep. All right. So uh, Tom Knapp, or at Knapp09, writes, Dear Pinstripes, or pin, Dear Pinstripe, you should have said Dear Passat, but we'll forgive you. Uh, will Yankee fans, okay, Shaw, Shaw's out. Will Yankee <laughs> fans have patience with Aaron Boone when he makes his first mistake with the pitching change late in the game? Or will they give him hell because he has no managerial experience and pile on? It's actually They're absolutely question. going to pile on. Oh, without question. It is a good question, but yeah. They're going to destroy Aaron Boone, and I have no idea why. Here's well, I mean, I know why, but... <laughs> I mean, here's the thing, though. I mean, let's let's be honest, though. It could be any manager, not just a new one, but an old one, but you, when you have a bullpen that's this good, it's kind of hard to screw up. I mean, I just look at Joe Torre. Um, Joe Torre was handed... One of the when he you know came on the Yankees in '96, he was handed Mariano Rivera and John Wetland, and then after that he got uh, Mike Mike Stanton, um, what's it Mike Stanton? Oh, what was his name? Uh, Nelson, Jeff Nelson. And, oh right, I yeah, was, Jeff I was Nelson. On that too. <laughs> yeah, Mike Stanton, Jeff Nelson, and Mariano Rivera. He had a and Ramiro Mendoza before he went to the Evil Red Sox, but yeah. he was pretty much handed. A very, very good bullpen, and he made the most of it. And then it kind of, like, Tory's shine wore off when he lost those weapons besides Mariano, and he unfortunately took it out on Scott Proctor's arm. So that's my... (laughs) Rest in peace. Yes, sorry. But that's my thing with Aaron Boone. Aaron Boone's being handed, like, probably even a better bullpen than Joe Tory was handed. This bullpen should be, like lights out from the sixth, fifth inning on. 
Yeah, I think that the the thing to focus on is what do we define as his first mistake? Is it pulling like Dallin Batances in, in favor of Tommy Canely and then Tommy Canely just doesn't happen to have it that day? Is that a mistake? Because, I mean, we all know Tommy Canely's a really good pitcher and he's a really good reliever. So is it really a mistake to go to somebody that you know you can trust? And or do you just wait for like somebody else to falter? Like it's it's kind of hard because to define what even would be a mistake at this point because it's not like he's gonna pull David Robertson in favor of like Luis Sessa to get like an important out in the ninth inning or eighth inning or something like that because if he does that, yes, that's a very easily a mistake. But I don't think he'll d- be doing anything like that because he has too many o- other options and too many good options. That and plus, I think one of the big key things here is that Larry Rothschild's coming back, so he'll be able to lean on him heavily as far as you know which pitchers to use, what kind of changes to make, and who to who to call upon when. So to answer your question, no, Yankee fans will not have patience with Aaron Boone when he makes his first mistake because they don't have patience to begin with. Right, they're they're just gonna give him hell, and it has nothing to do with the fact that he has no manager experience. It's just that. They're impatient. Yeah. And, look, I mean, like you said, if, it would have to be a pretty bad mistake in order to, you know, screw up with that bullpen. Right. Uh, please don't. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> don't make don't make people miss Joe Girardi, even though Joe Girardi was really good with the bullpen, but people still found. That's, that's yeah, that's actually a very good point. Joe Girardi was a very good manager when it came to the bullpen, and people still found ways to like fault him with his bullpen usage. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. Girardi was a little too loyal with some of the not-good bullpen people. I'll still never forget his quote about like putting in Jabba Chamberlain in the seventh in like uh, a close game and being like, well, he was good before. I'm like, yeah, he's not now, though, Joe. I mean, that's obvious. So there was a little bit of that, but pretty much when he had a good bullpen he was okay i mean maybe he used tyler clifford a bit too much but at the time he didn't have many other options right like that's what i found for the most part when he did go to like the options he didn't like it's because there were no options he did like except for like mariano rivera which you're not going to throw him out every single day and that's another thing that joe girardi was very good at and that's like the only part about aaron boone that i could see potentially being an issue is not knowing, like, uh, possibly when to give a guy a day off if he needs it. But because he has so many options, it should be really easy to not pitch any of these guys, like, four days in a row and heavy workload or anything like that. Yeah, I mean, you have one day where you could use uh, Green, uh, D-Rob, and Chapman, and you have another when you can use uh, Batances, Canely, and... Am I forgetting a good bullpen guy? I mean, Warren? Warren. Yeah. So, I mean, you have so many... And you could even mix and match where, like, you know, you could use uh, D-Rob two of those days in a row and but not use Green the second day in a row. So then that third day, you don't use D-Rob, and then you you have Green available. It'll still be hard to do, but that's, like, the only part that I'm a little, not concerned with, but cautious about just because I don't know. Yeah, but, again, I'm, I'm of the mind where it's really hard to screw up with this bullpen. I agree and, with that. And like you said, he has Rothschild to, you know, for coaches, you know, coaching and stuff and letting letting him know when to rest guys. So I think he'll be okay there. Yep. But, okay. Next question uh, from DTracy31, or at DTracy31. You guys going to the Food Fest in April? Well, I'm in Minnesota, so I'm not, but I believe you are. So I haven't actually bought my ticket yet because I'm tr- I apparently have like plans for that weekend. Oh, I'm well, just trying to figure out. out. Are, are, is it? Maybe. I don't actually know. I haven't looked because I was just trying to see if I can move some stuff around so I can make things work. But if it's sold out, then no, I'm not going. I believe Jason's going. Yeah, go find Jason. Yeah, it's fun <laughs> fun times. But I'll say this: they are gonna have some like good looking stuff there. Uh, no, I know. I I was literally buying my ticket, and then uh, somebody texted me. Like, oh, well, I texted somebody like I had plans with. Like, hey, do we have something going on this weekend? And they're like, yeah, we do. I was like, oh, crap. Well, screw you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, 
if tickets are still available and I can move some things around, I will go. Otherwise, I'll sit and cry. Yeah, I mean, and that's the end of that. I was just looking at the list again of what people are bringing. I mean, some of the best things, like the the Orioles are bringing the Chesapeake waffle fries, which are honestly, to this day, probably still the best stadium food I've ever had. It's basically waffle fries paired with uh, crab dip, and it's yeah. See, I wouldn't eat that. But wait, what do you mean you would? Oh, you don't like crab? I don't eat any like seafood. Fish are friends, not food. Oh, that's terrible. It's so good. <laughs> uh, what about oh uh, the the Mariners are bringing the toasted grasshoppers. Yeah, see, insects—they're not my friends, but they're also not food. I would you or would you not try it? I would not try that. Oh, I would totally try those. Like, I would have to be paid lots of money to consider just touching it. Oh. Forget even trying it, just touching it. Uh, let's see, the Yankees—they're bringing the or they're bringing the uh, adobo bao, which the chicken and pork rinds in the bun, which I thought were good. Yep. So that's a good. They one. were good. I would have I would have gone with maybe the greatest of all time burger, but I could see them going with the bow. So do they still sell that? I hope so. It's I I missed that burger. I thought that was a, I thought that was a delicious burger. I, I thought they stopped that like after the first or second year that they had it. Like I don't think I remembered it being there last year because last year they did like a whole revamp of all their food options, and I thought that was one of like the things that they got rid of. But I could be wrong. Yeah, that's true. Then they got uh Mets are bringing the classic New York deli pastrami, which nothing nothing wrong with that. No. And then uh oh the Twins, it's my home, you know, my new home of Minnesota. Uh the Twins are bringing the curd curd marchucks, which is a play on uh Kamarchuks, which is a really good uh sausage here. They have really good brats and uh Polish sausage. They're they're pretty much what I get when I go to Target Field. That and he has like breaded cheese curds and bratwurst topped with brown gravy, and it is real good. I think um the 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 Royals are bringing this like I think it was like a brisket nacho thing that I was like very intrigued by. Yeah, the brisk the brisket nachos, brisket nachos with cheesy corn beans and barbecue sauce. Yeah, give me. I forget who was just I forget there was one that was just bringing like a burger. Oh, um, I. Yeah, and they tried giving it some like fancy name, but it was just cheeseburger or something. I think it's the Indian yeah, pulled no pulled pork burger with bacon jam coleslaw. No, that sounds good. But oh yeah, there we go. The uh, the Rockies Helton burger uh, cheeseburger with pickles and fries on the side. It's like what? Oh yeah, it's special because we have Helton's name on it, but otherwise yeah, it's just a burger. But I think then the other one I really wanted to try was the uh, Pirates. They're bringing the pulled pork pierogi hoagie. Oh, yeah. That, I mean, if it's anything like the one they sell at the Rail Riders, that thing is always amazing. And pierogies are, like, the best thing. Pierogies are so good. Yes. All right. Let's, let's stop looking at this food because I can just keep going here. But, yeah, so for the record, we are not – well, Shaw might still go, but I'm definitely not going. Boo. Boo. Uh, okay, uh, AD underscore H17 asks, who will start at second base? Depends on the day. I'm, honestly, I'm guessing at this point, I would say the answer is Tyler Wade. I think he's going to see a lot more time at second base with Neil Walker covering first. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I do think that Tyler Austin will still get his fair share of reps at first. So I think it's still a little bit of hybrid depending on the day, but if anything, probably Tyler Wade more so than Neil Walker at this point. Yeah, I mean, and nothing wrong with that. I think I actually, again, like, could be a blessing in disguise. Yeah. Let's see. We'll see. And uh, at LTL27, oh, long time That guy. That's what that stands for. Oh, hate that guy. I know. Oh, I love him. No, uh, I'm kidding. <laughs> best home run by a future Yankees manager, Bucky Dent or Aaron Boone? That's a good question. Yeah. I don't know that I know the answer to that. It's Bucky Dent. Yeah. Ah, uh, I don't know. That's such that, that that actually is like a tough question because the Boone one is so memorable, and and that's really the only reason he has his job right now. Yeah. Exactly. Again, like I still stress that what he tells, you know, his team is like all you have to do to succeed in life 
is hit one of the most legendary home runs you will ever see. And that's all you have to do. And that's why he had like his his career after playing. That's why he has his current position, all because of one home run. And don't get me wrong, I don't mean to undersell or undervalue that home run. It was an awesome home run. I love it. I love watching it. But the Dent home run is also like a really good like I I don't know how to choose. Um, I'll say Bucky Dent. That was pretty incredible, and it was you know it was in front of them, so. Yeah, I think I think the Boone home run stands out to me just a little bit more because of how that one moment in his life just basically set him up for life. Yeah, I can see that. But to your point, the Dent home run in front of them, and yeah. I I do love watching the crushed hopes and dreams of Red Sox fans. It's always good. Yes. Yes, it is. All right. So that's it for questions. Thank you all to who asked. And we'll be, we'll be continuing, like, uh, answering questions. So uh, feel free to add us and ask them. Yeah, please do. Please. Uh, so since, since uh, it's the end of spring training before opening day, let's uh, get you started. We're going to start the uh, Yankee and the <laughs> Mitre of the week. <laughs> hey, I still got it. I can still do it, like, on command. But uh, we're instead of Yankee and Mitre of the Wait, week. Wait, is that not like a button you press? No, that's me. That's you? Yeah, you didn't know that. I've never known that. Oh that yeah, no, like that's that's, just, that's all me. I'm my own. I'm my own uh, sound effect. That's wow. Okay. <laughs> you're you're about to be my Yankee of the week just for that. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's not so much the week, but of spring training. We're gonna shout out and and you. I'm gonna stress right now. You cannot pick D-Rob for this. That's f- Grr. <laughs> you can going forward, but for this one, no. Fine. Fine. I guess then my Yankee of spring training will be Tyler Wade. Good choice. He really space-jammed Albert Pujols' ability to hit baseballs and came to spring ready to play earned himself a spot on the roster, and uh, to your point, now he's going to be leaned on a lot more with Greg Bird going down and potentially Walker sliding over to first. So if he can carry that what he did in spring through into the regular season, the Yankees will be just fine there. And I was not expect I, – I didn't think what he did last year was a good example of his ability, but I was not expecting him to come into spring as – and hit as well as he did. So he definitely earned my Yankee of spring training. Good choice. And and remember, he's really fast. Yes. <laughs> I just remember watching and, him in, the, in one of the few spring training games I got to watch. Just watching him steal a base. I'm like, wow, um, he's real fast. I blinked and he's there. I know. All right. To be fair, I will not pick Aaron Judge for my... Uh, Yankee of spring training because again he's he's my favorite prospect, but I'm gonna pick uh, Gary Sanchez for my Yankee of spring training because Gary did a wonderful job of reminding you that um, besides you know having Aaron Judge and John Carlos Stanton, they still have him and he's still probably the best catcher in the league and he's going to be with Judge and Stanton and he was out for a full month at the beginning of. 2017 season and he still hit 33 home runs so (laughs) he looks like he's going to hit more and many of you know his teammates are already saying like no he's the best hitter on the team you know yeah um there's not enough you can say about gary sanchez and his ability so he definitely earned his yankee of spring training from you (laughs) yes and Again, like he's, you know, everyone's saying, like, he's improved on his defense, you know, again, that's why I always say, like, people were just focusing on that, but it's like, yeah, but, you know, that's, that's a skill that you can improve at. Um, Austin Romine could be the best, not just to pick on Austin Romine, but you could have the best defensive, you know, catcher blocking balls back there, but he's not going to hit like Gary Sanchez or have, have, uh, Gary's accurate rocket of an arm. You right. can't teach that. Like you can learn how to move left and right better. You can't teach talent and a pure ability. Yeah, exactly. 
So, yeah, Gary Sanchez, the Kraken, my Yankee of spring training. Uh, who is your Mitre of spring training? I don't know. That's not an answer. Can it just be a Roldis Chapman just for the hell of it? <laughs> it could, yes, but... Because, <laughs> like, I, I mean, obviously... I'm not calling him the Mitre, but Greg Bird was obviously not hitting well. At first, I thought it was just like a timing thing. Now it seems to be an injury thing. So, like, was it, was he feeling discomfort and just didn't say anything all month? We don't really know. Glaber Torres was, like, under underperforming, but he missed, like, half a year himself because of Tommy John. I don't really know. So, yeah, why not? Aroldis Chapman, you're my Mitre. All right. Yeah, mine actually was... I'm glad you actually did say him, because mine was going to be Greg Bird. He He's made me sad. And he has made me sad, yeah. Like, again, like, hate to say injury-prone player, but, again, that's two years in a row he is missing because of this right foot. So, I'm still very hopeful for him. I still think Greg Bird is going to be an incredible talent, but he uh, we're at the point where he really does have to show, like, he can stay healthy. Because, I mean, I... Because I used to yell it, or not yell, but, you know, there were always people out there who were saying, like, how Mason Williams is going to be, like, this great outfielder. And I just looked at him and was like, he hurts himself all the time, or he's constantly hurt. And it's like, maybe he can be a good outfielder, but he needs to prove first that he can actually be on the field. And yeah. it's sad to say we're at that point with Greg Bird. Yeah, like... I know there are people who started like the Nick Johnson comparisons already, and I think it's still a little premature for that, but we're getting very close to that point. And like, I do kind of give him a little bit of a pass for last year because, first of all, he got hurt because of a foul ball that hit him. So it yeah. wasn't like, you know, anything crazy. And then it just lingered because the doctors couldn't find the exact issue. So like, it's hard to blame him or particular injury history on that. But now, yeah, like, the fact that he's hurt again in the same area, like, that just doesn't bode well for him or... And, yeah, he needs to get back soon, get healthy soon, and just stay on the field. Because once he's healthy and if he can stay on the field, we know he can hit. Yeah, again, like, you know what? At this point, it's just like, you know, come back. Maybe if you're back, like, you know mid-June or like right before the All-Star break or after the All-Star break and just so you can have show you can have like a solid healthy second half of the year that'll help yeah and it could end up just being like an internal version of a trade deadline acquisition and if your trade deadline acquisition is Greg Bird that's a very good acquisition yeah exactly let me clarify a healthy Greg Bird yes I also just didn't want to refer to him as the Mitre and fear uh uh, suffer the wrath of Tanya Bondurant. Oh yeah, no, I was thinking like I was thinking as I said, I was like, oh, you know, if Waffles hears this, she's going to <laughs> yell at me. She's no longer going to be the number one Pasapi. And she's like the Uber boss now, so she can like I yeah. think she can request an actual IP ban of my account. Yeah, I still don't know what the level above Khaleesi is, but she found it. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well. That, uh, that about wraps it up for uh, this PASOP. It's opening day, and I'm, like, super excited. Like, this this is probably the most excited I've been about a Yankees team since 2017. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly it. Like, for the first... I just heard, heard the year you said. <laughs> it took me a second there. There you go. You up, I was so up. ready for my response that I didn't bother actually listening to the words you said. <laughs> But no, it should be a great year. I'm very excited. Go Yankees, go baseball, but go Yankees more. Yes, no, I mean, I'm, honestly, it's probably the most excited I've been since, like, 2009 after the Yankees made those big moves and, like, they were going in with that infield that there's, you know, Teixeira, Cano, uh, Jeter, and A-Rod, which was, you know, incredible. They, they got CC Sabathia. But, like, this year, it's almost amazing. Like, there was really nothing that wrong with the 2017 Yankees. I mean, they made it to Game 7 of the ALCS, and they've improved in every area. The bullpen's better. The lineup's better. The staff is better with Sonny Gray instead of, you know, Pineda. It's, oh, right. Michael Pineda was a thing. That's right. You know, I it sometimes takes me a bit to remember that Michael Pineda 
was actually a Yankee in 2017. And they started like double digit games, like 18 games or something like that, which is absurd to think about because I, I think he started like three. But yeah, I mean, they're replacing him with Sonny Gray. Uh, Jonathan Holder, you get to see more, maybe like see how his sophomore year goes because his freshman year was pretty darn good. So there's just so much to be excited about right now with uh, Yankee baseball. And, and John Carlos Stanton is a Yankee. He is? Oh, right. He is. That's pretty awesome. John Carlos Stanton is a Yankee, and we're about to see that in real life. I mean, what again, like what you saw or heard or whatever on Monday where Judge walked because Judge walks a lot, and then Stanton hit a two-run bomb. That's the potential danger in the lineup. And then you have Gary Sanchez after that, but possibly. There's so much power and ability to get on base with this team. It's frightening how good they could be. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. But, uh, I mean, first, before you do it, you can uh, subscribe to us on iTunes. Uh, just search for the Pinstripe Alley Podcast. You can add us on Twitter. I'm at uh, I am not an HR hitter. Shaw already mentioned he's at everybody. <laughs> I'm at everybody. Please <laughs> reach out to me about your thoughts on cupcakes and milkshakes. Yes, you can uh, always ask questions uh, by adding Pinstripe Alley, or you can send questions to Facebook. You can send questions and posts we might have on the site. Hey, follow us on the site. Comment. It's baseball season. It's exciting times. We would love to hear from you. Except Merns. Oh, Merns! <laughs> quite done Quite done with him. Yeah, that guy. All right, but yes, uh, the long offseason is over and baseball is finally here. Uh, for the Pinstripe Alley podcast, or as we know, the PASOP, uh, he is Kunshaw. I am Greg Kirkland. Thank you for joining all us. All the Pasapis. Yes, thank you, Pasapis. Um, it's going to be a long season, hopefully a fun one with all of you, and obviously, go Yankees. Woo!